0: Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life
1: faith together and if you got a bible you can lift that high you don't have a bible just lift your hand or lift your mobile device whatever you use you can get the harvest mobile app and you can read the bible through that but let's make this confession of faith together I am unconditionally loved by God and that harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am, because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Remain standing. I'm on 10 as a uh, uh, modern colloquialism that just simply means I'm experiencing the best of the best. And this year, it has been God's desire that you experience the best of the best in every area of your life, which is why you've had to go through some of the drama, some of the hell, some of the pain that you've gone through, is you had to deal with the rest so you'd be able to qualify for the best. But you ought to look at your name and say, you made it. Tell them, say, you're in the final month of this year, which means for the rest of this month, it's going to be real good for you. Tell him, say, it's going to be the best month all this year. Or you better speak it, life and death are in the power of the tongue. You better declare that, say the rest of this month is going to be the best of this entire year. Jeremiah chapter number one, Jeremiah chapter number one, verse number four. Jeremiah now is named the weeping prophet because what he was sent to the earth to do gave him a lot of pain. Please understand, I'm already preaching. There's a lot of stuff that sometimes you want to go, why do I have to go through that? Why do I have to deal with that? Why was I hurt like that? Why was I betrayed like that? Why did so-and-so reject me like that? Why was I abandoned like that? Why did my mother do this to me? Why did my daddy do this to me? It's, some, it's got more to do than just you going through that. It's because you've been sent to solve some problems in the earth. And some of the pain you deal with really is not just pain. It's to provoke you to purpose. Say, my pain... Come on, talk to me. Say, my pain is designed to provoke me to purpose. Jeremiah chapter one, verse four. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, verse five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So that means for everybody that feels like God doesn't know you, I need to uh, let you know something just from verse number five. God says, before you were even formed, I knew you. Which means you were with me before you ever got here and got with them this or that. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Say, he knew me before you were born I sanctified you which means life didn't start when you got here your life really began before you got here i ordained you a prophet to the nations in other words god said sanctified you means i set you apart that's why you've never quite felt like you fit in most circles of people that's why sometimes you always could be in a group of folk and still felt by yourself because god says i set you apart and watch this and i've set you apart until you found a bunch of other folk that were like you that were set apart too that's why you being here today ain't no accident touch your neighbor say you found your tribe tell them say you found where you fit uh uh-huh. see sanctified folk that have been set apart got to be around some other folks that's been set apart folk that ain't chickens but that are eagles got to be around some other eagles folks that are on 10 got to be around some other folks that are on 10 folks that are curse breakers got to be around some other folk that are curse breakers tell your neighbor say you family you fit. Man, you ain't here by accident I know you think you picked to choose to be here but you didn't understand as God says you gonna be there you gotta be there cause I want to show you you are not alone you are not by yourself he says, you, before you were born, I sanctified you. And then I ordained you a prophet to the nations. He said, I, I gave you a specific thing that I've sent you to the earth to do. Say specific. specific. Say, and it's bigger than paying bills and dying. Say, it's bigger than having babies and dying. Verse 6. Now watch Jeremiah, Oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. Now my question is, where did he get the ideology that he didn't have what it takes? Where did he get that from? Well, after he got here, he started going through some problems. After he got here, he went through some rejection, and his rejection now uh, put up boundaries around him. He says, Lord, I can't do this. I'm too young to do it. Uh, let me say it another way. I'm too old to do it. Let me say it another way. I'm too black to do it. Let me say it another way. I'm too white to do it. Let me say it another way. I'm too this. I'm too that. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough education. But, but, but look at verse 7. I love the Bible because God looks, likes big butts. Look at verse 7. He says, but the Lord. Somebody say, but the Lord. But the Lord said to me, don't say to me, I'm a youth. In other words, God says, I'm tired of hearing you all of your excuses. Amen. He says, you're going to uh, go to whom I send you. And what if I tell you to do, that's what you're going to speak. In, in other words, touch your neighbor and say, your excuses end today. Look at verse 8. He says, don't be afraid of their faces now because I'm with you to deliver you, says the Lord. In other words, God says, when you go through life, you're going to see some stuff that's going to scare the heaven, hell, and earth out of you. But but he said, look, don't ever be scared. Touch your neighbor and say, I ain't never scared. scared. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, behold, I've put my word in your mouth. See, this day I have set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. Father, speak to us now over these next few moments that we would move and walk and what you have ordained. Customize. tailor make this word for your people, Father. I pray that you would customize it in such a way that folk would think there's been cameras in their house this week, that somebody sent an email of what's been going on in their life. Do it in such a strategic way today that every prayer is answered, every question is answered, every issue is addressed. Do it now over these next few moments we pray. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, just look at somebody and tell them, say your life does matter. Your life does matter. Your life does matter. You can be seated. Today is My Life Matters Sunday, which starts a new message series we're doing at Harvest called The Misrepresentation of Jesus, where we're going to get to the facts about Jesus and Christianity and even dive into some taboo topics to see who Jesus really is and how that can change everything about our lives. When we finally see the real Jesus, we'll finally see the real us. Now, we call this My Life Matters Sunday. Say, My Life Matters. Because if you don't know that your life is of any significance and importance, you'll live that way and keep going through the same negative cycles and circles of life. This is why the scripture says in Proverbs 29:18 that without vision, people perish. In other words, when I don't know what I'm here to do, I'll just try this, I'll try that, I'll try this, I'll run over here, I'll run with this group, I'll run with that, because I'm not clear about why I'm supposed to be here. But I need to tell you, I'm already preaching, I'm at point number one, I was born for such a time as this. Say this to me, with me, Say I was born for such a time as this. You weren't born just to pay bills and die. You weren't born just to have babies and die. You weren't born just to go through hell uh, and, and die. You were sent here to rule, to reign, to conquer and subdue every obstacle that comes your way. There is now an unknown history of you that predates your birthday that's discovered in this narrative of Jeremiah. Uh, God says, before I formed you, Jeremiah, in the womb, your mother's womb, I knew you. Which means God says, before you ever got a body, you were a spirit. See, you are now a spirit. That is your subconscious mind and you uh, you now have a soul which is your conscious mind your thought your will and your emotions when you were born you got a body but before you ever got here God says I knew you me and you were together me and you uh, hung out together me and you talked. you were close to me and I was close to you and when you got here all of a sudden when you got that body you forgot about me Let me see if I can say it another way. God says, listen, you were not born on accident. That's why you couldn't be aborted. That's why you couldn't uh, let that car accident take you out. That's why uh, you're still living today. Because before you got here, there was a reason that I formed you. You're not an accident. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not an accident. No, there's a reason that I formed you and that reason is that you were needed in the earth for the time uh, that you're born right now. You were formed by God and sent to the earth for such a time as this. What time is that, Bishop? It's the time you'd be needed most. God knew that your gifts, your talents, your skills and your determination and your drive would be needed in the earth during this time. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I was born for the time I'd be needed most. Say it again. I was born for the time I'd be needed most. He says, Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. And uh, Jeremiah, uh, now as he's talking back to God, he begins to give God all of this list of excuses, this list of reasons of why he's not qualified, of why he's not good enough, of why he feels like he doesn't have what it takes. Can we be honest? In life, there are often days where we don't feel good enough, days where we don't feel like we have what it takes, days where we feel like all I do is make mistakes, mistake after mistake after mistake. And I think there's some people in here that sometimes you get so frustrated with life, you've asked yourself the question, why live why should i keep on living if i gotta live in hell why should i keep? and nobody's ever asked that question Sometimes when you're going through the vicissitudes, that is the ups and downs and the rocking and the shaking and the problems that you can face in life, sometimes you can say, God, does it even matter that I'm here? Does it even matter that I'm born? Does anybody even care the pain I'm dealing with? Does anybody even care the hell I'm dealing with? See, your neighbor looks real good in church today, but truth be told, your neighbor has had a lot of hell they've had to deal with in their lives, and you may see their glory, but baby, there is a story of suffering behind those eyes. There's a story of pain behind those eyes there's a story of rejection behind those eyes but I'm here to tell you despite all the hell you've been through God needs you to know your life does matter somebody holler my life matters which brings you to the second point which is this your whole life has been watch this training for reigning your whole life has been training for reigning see here's the problem when Jeremiah got here see before he got here he was with God God then had him in heaven God then places him in a womb and says now I need you to be born in this city at this time for this reason see some of you have been wondering why was I born to her why was I born to him why was I born in this family why was I born in this bloodline why was I born I didn't get no silver spoon matter of fact I didn't even get a spoon the first spoon I got I had to go get myself Ain't nobody going to talk to me. You you, you, you ever asked yourself those questions? God, God, why? Why in the world would I be born in this city? Why couldn't you let me be born somewhere else? God, I don't even like the snow. Okay, y'all ain't going to talk to me like God, why in the world would you allow me to be born here? But God says to Jeremiah, he says, listen, I formed you and I gave you gifts and talents and skills and abilities and determination. And then I placed you in the bloodline that I knew you would be strong enough to overcome the issues in that bloodline. See, watch this. You were born to be a problem solver, but you often complain about what you've been sent to solve. Y'all not saying nothing. You were born in the family you were born in because God knew you'd be the one that would say this mess got to end today. I'm not going to live in poverty no more. I'm not going to live in drama no more. I'm not going to live with these same issues no more. I'm not going to go through these same relationship problems anymore. The problem is though when Jeremiah got here, Jeremiah started going through life. Somebody say life. Say la vie, the French say. Life is so, or such is life. He started going through life. The problem is, once we get here, we start encountering problems. We, we get rejected by people that should protect us. We are abandoned by people that should comfort us. We are let down by people, betrayed by people. We're hurt we're frustrated. We get expectations, and those expectations aren't met in life. And then you begin to drift. And that drift is towards things that anesthetize your pain. What is anesthesia? It means I can't feel what's really going on. Oh, I wish I had somebody that would be honest with me. You ain't harvest, so you ain't got a front today. Just touch your neighbor and say, Tell the truth, tell the truth. When we start going through pain, we want to not feel that pain anymore. That's why uh, most of the medicines that we take today aren't designed to actually heal us. They are designed to block the pain so that we don't really understand what's happening. And so, in life, when you begin to drift because you've been hurt, you've been abandoned, you've been rejected, you've been let down, you start drifting toward things that anesthetize your pain, that give you anesthesia so it don't feel like you're in pain. But you've never actually conquered the pain, so you have a cycle that begins in your life. Let me give you an example. So now you 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 start start drifting towards bad relationships. Every man you didn't pick is an Ike. Okay, maybe I don't know who Ike is. Let me, let me, come on. That's all right. Fellas, every girl you didn't pick, she has lots of different thoughts that happen in her mind. Lots of thoughts that happen in her mind. Now now, now I'm talking about thoughts in her mind. Thoughts in her mind. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch, watch, watch this, watch this. You pick bad relationships, guess what? To get out of pain, the bad relationship causes you pain, so now you start right back over in the same cycle. Tell your neighbor, say, You know, Bishop Teller, too. You know, Bishop. let's be honest how many of us have done that? You, you got out of one bad situation, and then to get over that pain, you got into another situation that was a bad situation. Then you got more pain, and now you move to another situation, but you carry the pain from this one and the pain from that one. And so that you live your whole life trying to escape something you keep creating, but today. You ought to touch your neighbor and say, that cycle's ending in your life maybe it's drugs so maybe it's drugs maybe it's drugs maybe it's alcohol maybe it's drugs maybe it's alcohol so to get away from the pain you need to anesthetize the pain so let me have a smoke of this let me have a let me have a hit of this let me have a bottle of this let me have a just i just need something to take the edge off let me get a cool over here let me get a shot of this over here and i'm not beating you up i'm not judging you i'm just saying what are you actually trying to do what we're actually trying to do is we're trying to escape the pain the problem is is that when we're drunk and high we do stuff that causes more pain Now maybe drunk and high ain't your thing. That's okay, I'm gonna come down your row in a minute Uh, because maybe you're not high off of a control substance. Maybe you're high off of the gossip that you talk about other people so that you feel better about your life so you talk about other people when they make mistakes and have failures. Are you still here? So, so drugs, so it's alcohol, so we're trying to get away from pain, but then we do things that cause more pain, and so now we're back at square one and with more pain, and so all you got is pain, 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 and you keep going through the cycle. Maybe for you it's hanging around people that aren't going anywhere in life. He said, Bishop, how's that anesthesia? It, it, it anesthetizes your pain because then you get to feel better about the group of people that you're around because you're the senior most amongst them. Have you ever checked your circle to say, what is it that these people actually do for me and what is it that I do for them? Because if they're not building me and I'm not building them, what the heck are we doing around one another? Just sitting up, sitting around the house, ain't talking about nothing, ain't doing nothing, ain't going nowhere. And here's what you do. They share their pain then you share your pain and now everybody's sitting up having a pain party. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened either. They did what to you? Man, they did that to me too. Oh, you got shot? I got shot four times. You you went through this? I went through that worse. You, You lost your house? I lost four houses. So you sit up in a circle of people that know nothing but pain until somebody says, wait a minute, this pain has a purpose. And the purpose of it isn't just to sit up and talk about it. The purpose is to use my life to change the life of somebody else. (laughs) Jeremiah, he got here and he starts going through pain. And so here's the cycle. He now tells God, God, I can't do it because of all of these boundaries I've placed around myself because of the pain that I've gone through in life. Anybody has some painful stuff go down in your life this year? Just tell the truth. Anybody this year been both the best of times and the worst of times? Anybody, you've been on a high on one day in terms of what the good things happened in your life? And then the next day you're like. They don't want no problems with me. They don't, they don't want no problems with me. What's this. What's this. Here's the cycle. It's pain. Then pain relief, which creates more pain, and then pain relief to fix the new pain I created, but I never fixed the original pain. It's a cycle. Pain, pain, relief. Pain, pain, relief. Pain, pain, relief. And we, ne- we never seem to wonder why we can't satisfy, be satisfied. It's because we're trying to be satisfied by things that don't satisfy. See, if you're not holding you, getting you a bay ain't going to fix you. If you don't love you, trying to find somebody else to love you ain't going to fix you. In fact, you will attract people that do you dirty. Watch this, watch this. If, if, if you ain't good, it don't matter how much money you make. If you're not good, it doesn't matter how big of a car you got and how big of a house you got. Because after you get done trying to impress people that you don't even really like, you're going to... Now I got to pay for all this stuff. Here's, the, here's what happens. The cycles continues. It goes over and over and over again until it's interrupted. And today is that interruption for everybody under the sound of my voice. Say, so today is that interruption. See, maybe I didn't call out your specific situation, but let's just be honest. When we get here, when we go through life, we have pain and we do things to try to fix that pain. And so here it is. Then all of a sudden we start drifting from what God sent us to the earth to do. And then we start drifting towards what relieves our pain. And then before you know it, you've spent 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years of your life drifting. And you're drifting and you're drifting and you're drifting. And then before you know it, one day you wake up and then it's over. This is why you ever seen people where when they're on the last stages and days of their lives, they start all of a sudden, I should have did this. I should have did this. I'm sorry for how I treated you. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. But then it's too late because you wasted your strength. But you, if you're under the sound of my voice, it is not too late. Touch your neighbor. Say, it is not too late. Here it is. Watch this. The cycle continues until it's interrupted. And today, somebody holler today. Today is that day of interruption. See, when you're in that cycle, though, here's what really happens. Here's what adds insult to injury is that you can feel alone. In fact, they, they've noted now, many psychologists have noted that the number one social epi- epidemic in America is loneliness, There is a book now called Bowling Alone by a man named Robert Putnam that says the greatest social epidemic in America is loneliness. And what ends up happening is when you're going through your pain and you're going through your pain relief and you're going through the cycle of life and dealing with the problems and vicissitudes you face in life, you can think to yourself, nobody else is dealing with this. I'm the only one dealing with this pain. I'm the only one that's been betrayed. I'm the only one that's been let down. I'm the only one that's been hurt. And so here's what we do. We start building walls. And we start walling out what helps us. We start walling out what can benefit us. And what happens, what's most interesting about it is we can even wall God out. Because here's what we'll think. God, if you loved me, why did you let this happen to me? If you cared about me, why am I dealing with this pain? If you cared about me, why didn't you save my baby? If you cared about me, why didn't you save this marriage? If you cared about me, why why did you? You know what, God? Tell you what, I'm going to wall because I don't want no more pain the problem is is when I throw that wall up I'm actually keeping the pain in would you look at your neighbor and say today is your day to drop those walls because here's what happens when you throw those walls up you're lonely and you'll say I'm just so lonely I'm so lonely and you have a bad attitude and wonder why nobody says nice to you you have a stank attitude and wonder why nobody's nice to you Watch this, because what we go through life doing is we go through life, watch this, trying to find our fit, trying to find our tribe, trying to find where do I fit. Sure. So watch this, what happens is now you're going through pain, now you're trying to necessitate your pain, you got these walls up. And so then you'll come into a church like this where everybody's smiling, everybody's hugging, everybody's loving, everybody you, everybody, since you've been here, everybody's been nice to you. But because you so used to be a lonely. You... I wish somebody would give me another hug. I wish somebody would give me another hug. me one more time. Not understanding that hug is about to save your life. Not understanding that hug is about to pull you out of depression. That hug is about to pull you out of sickness. That you're not here by accident. It's 1,700 churches in this region. I know, that's what I thought too. Like, where they at? <laughs> 1,700 churches from Boulder, in the Denver area, you know, we got everybody on a digital campus all over, but from Boulder to Carl Springs. Now, they call it the metro area. They call it that so they can make the number bigger because that ain't no metro area. Just like three hours of driving do I have any witnesses some of y'all in drover that's like three that's not metro metro's like 20-30 minutes it's like this is three hours why are you here well cause so and so invited me but no, no 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 Bible says no man comes to the Lord except the spirit draws him you've been drawn here to harvest and you've been drawn to me Bishop Foreman cause God says this year to be on 10 I'm gonna show you where you fit I'm going to introduce you to your tribe. I'm going to introduce you to some other folk that have dealt with the same problems, dealt with the same issues, but they're still standing. And would you high five your neighbor and say you're still standing too. So we feel lonely and we're trying to find where do I Fit. And so we'll try to fit with low-level people. We'll try to come down from being an eagle and get down here with chickens. Eagles fly by themselves, chicken hang out together. We, we, we watch this. We put eagles on our money. We eat chickens. We'll fry it, we'll bake it. We'll broil it. barbecue it. What else? Saute it. Chop it up and put it in some fajita whatever. I never had fried eagle. Now, if you have, I won't know what that tastes like. Well, <laughs> I never had barbecue eagle. Now, this is Colorado, so I figure if they barbecue it anywhere, it might be the place they do it. No, you know why? Because it's, watch this, it's an endangered species. <laughs> you Touch your neighbor, say, you just cut, caught a clue right there. Uh, see you're an endangered species that's why most of the folk you run into you're like listen this is just so beneath me this conversation is so beneath me they planning for the weekend I'm planning for life they planning for what they are gonna do next week I'm planning for what I'm getting ready to take over they just trying to have a good time I'm trying to be the good time I found my tribe you're not here on accident. You, you're here because you belong here. You fit here. Now, check this out. The, the second point was you've been in training in order to reign. Check it out. Acts 14.22 says this. Strengthen the souls of the disciples, exhorting them or encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, We must, read it with me. Through, come on, read it with me. Through many tribulations, enter. Stop. We must, through many We must, say it with me, through many. We must through many, say it with me. We must through many. The the Bible says we must through many tribulations enter into the kingdom of God. That word enter means I'm going to rise up by going through. Everything you've been dealing with in your life, watch this. The problems that picked you and the problems you picked. Cause let's just be honest. There's some problems we didn't have nothing to do with the pick it. You couldn't control who your daddy was. You couldn't control who your mama was. You couldn't control where you grew up. You couldn't control how that supervisor treated you. You couldn't control uh, what happened with that pregnancy. You couldn't control that. There's some problems that picked us, but let's tell the truth. There's some problems we picked. Yeah, okay, y'all going y'all, y'all go sit now. Maybe somebody sitting in one of the overflow sections knows what I'm talking about. There's some problems that pick us, but then there's some problems that we picked and here's the trip about it I don't know about you but the majority of the problems I faced, I pick just touch the name say tell the truth here's the deal though what I love about God is God says that he makes all things work together for our good which means the problems I picked and the problems that pick me have all been part of the many tribulations that get me to enter into God's kingdom what does that mean? it's hell that makes you spiritual Think about it. When do you want to pray the most when, when, when you're going through the most? When do most folk want to come to church after they've had their heart broken? That's why the scripture says he's near the brokenhearted, which means if you're in here today and you had some stuff that's broken your heart, maybe it was a relationship, maybe it was your children, maybe it was your spouse, whatever it is, you may see why has God let me go through this? Because God says, through many tribulations, that's going to draw you to me. Through many tribulations, that's going to open you up to hear me. Sometimes we won't hear God because we think we've got strength. We think we've got this. We think we've got that. So sometimes God has to let some stuff, problems that pick us, or problems that we pick, they got to cut us. And when they cut us, now all of a sudden we're open to receiving. Touch your neighbor and say, what hurts you deepest is helping you most. So I challenge you this way, watch this, to change the way you've been looking at every trial, every tribulation, every issue or problem you've experienced in life because all of it has been training for reigning. Can I tell you who you are? Watch this. You're a problem solver. Bishop, why did I have to learn what it was to grow up without a daddy so you could solve that problem for somebody else? Bishop, why did I have to go through this betrayal so you could solve that problem for somebody else? Holla, I'm a problem solver. You had to face it so you'd be able to solve it. And often we complain about what we've been sent to solve. Somebody ought to do something about this. somebody ought to do something. You ought to do something about it. Say, I am the answer. I am the answer. See? Now let's recap where we've been. You were sent here, you were born for such a time as this. You get here, you go through problems. You go through the cycle of problems. You go through the cycle of trying to anesthetize your pain and anesthetize your issues. And as you go through that cycle, you can begin to now go up and down and up and down and up and down. And you can begin to veer off. You can begin to stray. You can begin to drift until something happens that wakes you up. And to some tribulation says, wait a minute, I've got to stop doing this my way. Cause my way's not working. Is before of us that know about that. People change one or two times, church, when they learn enough that they want to. But here's the other one, though, when they hurt enough that they have to. What you've been going through in your life pushed you to God, but now you need to look at what you went through and say, "I'm actually the problem solver." God trusted me to go through that trouble. God trusted me to go through those issues. He trusted me to deal with that pain so I could be the answer to it. You, you missed it. See, once you're now drawn to God, God says, now let's change how we're looking at this stuff. You didn't just go through it to go through it. See, without God, you all you did was got a, got a lifetime movie. Without God, all you got is HBO special. But once you drift back toward God and turn to God, God says, now let's look at all of this stuff you've been through because now you're going to be the answer to all of this stuff. You're going to be the solution to all of this stuff. Outside of God, all you can do is tell somebody, man, I've been through hell. But when God steps on the scene, all of a sudden that hell has purpose. That hell can become healing. That hell can become what helps somebody else. So here it is. I'm done. Revelation 5.10 says this. And he has made us. Now, now check it out. Through many tribulations, we enter the kingdom. We must through many. Revelation five ten. And He has made us. Read it, church. Come on, talk to me now. Fifteen. To who? To read this next part. And we shall on earth. Now check this out. Check this out. Check this out. After you come out of your cycle, which, in case you didn't know, ends right now. I don't care if you went to school with Jesus. You had a cycle going on. But today, when you stepped up in this building, that cycle ended. That cycle of bad relationships ended. That cycle of debt ended. That cycle of poverty ended. Whatever cycle you've been in, somebody holler, it's over. over. Here it is. Then God says, now, now, now. here's what I'm going to do. Now I want you to see what actually was really going on behind the scenes. Verse, Revelation 5.10, I've been making you A king and a priest. Somebody said, Bishop, what in the world does that mean? In you, one person, there are two realms. This concept of a king and priest comes from this man named Melchizedek in Genesis. I don't have to go there, but take take my word for it. It's in there. You can read it. It says, and he has made us kings and priests. This one man was both the king of Salem, which was early Jerusalem, and he was also a priest to God. What's a priest do? A priest goes to God on behalf of the people. Let me say it real simple. And you've made me successful, and spiritual. You have met people that are spiritual but have no success? That's not you. You have met people that are successful seemingly but have no spirituality? That's not you. You in one person are two realms, both success and spirituality. I can do well in business and love God, y'all not saying nothing. I can do well financially and love God. It's not either or for me. It's both. I can have great friendships and love Jesus. I can can be the life of a clean party and love Jesus. I have to say clean. And he has made us. Say my whole life has been making me. And he has made us kings and priests to our God. Now watch this, watch this. And we shall reign when we die and get to heaven. No. Let me tell you the problem I had when I was on that side of of church, when I was on your, your side of church. The problem I had was, and so we get saved and then we just sitting up here to come celebrate how we gonna leave. What are we supposed to do while we're here? That's why some people like, well, why be a Christian? Because all y'all doing is talking about what you're going to do when you die and get over there. That's because they have a misrepresentation of Jesus. This is not about dying to get over there. This is about living well to bring up there. Would you high five your neighbor and say, I'm living to live well. Yeah, I ain't trying to die to go to heaven baby I'm heaven on earth the scripture says I feel like preaching here the scripture says that he puts the kingdom of heaven on the inside of us which means I'm supposed to rule reign conquer and subdue here not just get obsessed with dying to go over there but a lot of folks they're like well all y'all doing is sitting up talking about dying who wants to serve a God where the whole, all the reward come when you die that's because that's not true. Somebody said that's not true. No, the book says we're supposed to reign on the earth. Say right here, right now. I rule, I reign, I conquer, I subdue. What does that really mean, Bishop? It just means whatever I face now, s- since I've ended my drift towards anesthetizing my pain, and I'm now turning back to God. I'm now turning back to doing it his way. See, remember, outside of God, all you got is problems. 99 of them. And some other ones. Check it out, though. God says, now, I want you to see how I've been using all of that, even the ones you picked, to make you. Somebody like, God, why didn't you block me from that bad marriage? God says, you wouldn't listen, but I'm going to make you because you're going to encourage another somebody that when you see crazy coming, cross the street. Y'all not saying nothing to me. huh? Go. why did you let me go through that loss? Look, look, because you actually did it. <laughs> the scripture says in, in Jeremiah, it says that your own rebellion would correct you and rebuke you. But God says, listen, even the stuff you picked And the stuff that picked you, I'm going to work it all together and show you how I've been making you. Say, he's been making me. Now, watch this. That means when you rule, reign, conquer, and subdue, whatever I'm facing, I look at it through different lenses now. I don't look at it through the lenses of why me. Watch this. I look at it through the lenses of why not me. I don't look at it through the lenses of God. What's wrong with me? I look at it through the lenses. God, what strength are you about to perfect in me? I, I ain't got nobody that's going to tell the truth. Touch your neighbor and say, change how you look at it. Change how you look at it. Yeah, because see, all of that's making me a king and a priest. Which brings you to the third point. I got two minutes. I got to finish. It's time for you to pursue the high calling. Say, it's time for me to pursue the high calling you've wasted enough of your days living for yourself chasing your own desires and will it's time for you to do what you were sent to the earth to do you were sent to the earth for something greater than just living life your way you were sent to the earth for doing something greater than just repeating the generational cycles of your bloodline matthew ten thirty nine says he who finds his life will lose it but he who loses it for my sake will find it check it out god says listen As long as you're chasing it your way and trying to do life your way, it's never going to work. He says, but the moment you drop your way to pick up my way, come here, Jeremiah, all of a sudden you're going to find it. It's the craziest thing, right? Because we spend all of our lives trying to find ourselves to only discover we don't know who we are in the first place. That's why it's crazy. Somebody says, I'm just trying to find myself. You're never going to find that person because watch this. You didn't make that person. So because you didn't make that person, you're never going to find the person. The best you're going to find is a cheap counterfeit. The you your mama said you were. The you your daddy says you were. The you your issue says you were. The you your circumstances says you were. You'll find that version, but the version that was originally sent here, it takes God. Somebody said it takes God to find that version. When you become a Christian, you're reacquainted with the high calling. Philippians chapter 3, the apostle Paul talks about it. He says, Bre- brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I forget those things that are behind. I don't forget the pain. I remember the lesson. Excuse me, I forget the pain, uh, but I remember the lesson. He says, uh, but this one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind me. I reach forward. Just put your hand out like you're reaching for something. Just, I reach for. If your neighbor and do a look at him, just kind of give him a little side eye and say, reach. Now, go on and reach. Reach. Uh-huh. Watch this. I reach forward to those things that are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What does all that mean, Bishop? It's church talk for this. The high calling is when you use your life to change the lives of others not just on Sundays but every day you don't just work at your job you're sent there on a high calling you don't just go to school you're sent there on a high calling a calling is simply an invitation to something greater than you and it starts with becoming a Christian here it is I'm almost done James four fourteen says where you do not know what will happen tomorrow what is your life it's a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away Most of us have been living life like it's counting up, not realizing, according to God, it's counting down. And the Bible says there's a predetermined number of days that we have on the earth. And God says, based on what I sent you to do, let's go back to Jeremiah. Based on what I sent you to do, Jeremiah, that's how much time it's going to take. I'm going to build in a little extra time for you to make some mistakes. That's good news. Which means, I don't care if you feel like, Bishop, I just messed up too bad. It's too late. I'm 50-something. I'm 60-something. I'm 70-something. I'm 80-something. I'm 90-something. Touch your neighbor and say, it is not too late. Not late. Keith Sweat said it like this. You may be young, but you're ready. You ain't too old and you ain't too young. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, you're just right. You're just right. <laughs> What's this. Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed for men to die once, and after this, the judgment. There was, a few years ago, a popular acronym that came out that says YOLO. Uh, Holler it, say YOLO. YOLO! It meant you only live once. And it's often when a person experiences a once in lifetime event, but it was often used to excuse irresponsible and destructive behaviors. But we want to take something negative and use it for God's glory. Say YOLO. YOLO! It's appointed for men to die once. Watch this. Which means this isn't the rehearsal, this is the full production. This isn't practice. This is the game. Holla, YOLO. Question, what are you doing with your vapor? Are you just chasing folk on social media? Okay, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Are you just trying to get over the pain from this by getting in the pain of this? What are you doing with your vapor? Vapor just means it's here real quick and it's gone like that. Snap your finger. Uh, That's how quick it is. That's how quick it is. That's how quick it is. Snap one more time. That's how quick it is. What are you doing with your vapor? Because here's here's the truth. The truth are, the statistics on death are impressive. Bishop, what do you mean? One out of one people die. That's a pretty impressive statistic. Everybody gonna die. Say it like you're from the country. Say everybody. Everybody. Or St. Louis too. It kind of creeped up there too. Say everybody. Everybody gonna die, Amen. but not everybody's gonna die empty. Amen. Not everybody's gonna die having done what they were sent to do. And I know what somebody's thinking, but well, Bishop, I just, I, I, I would, I would, I, I would, I would be. I would come to church I I would be faithful to God I would do those things but I just I just listen I, I, I don't know I don't know God couldn't love me listen you're not too good for Jesus you're not too bad for Jesus you're not too young for Jesus you're not too old for Jesus you're just right and this is why the scripture says in Isaiah seek him while he may be found because at some point in your life you won't be able to find him anymore and your answer to him is either yes or your answer to him is no but this ain't 50 shades of gray you don't get to be in between Either you're going to be with him or you ain't going to be with him. Let me pull a line from X-Man. If you're going to be with us, be with us. God says, if you're going to be with me, God says, if you're going to be with me, then be with me. Well, Bishop, I make some mistakes. See, here's the problem. You don't understand. That's what he died for. He doesn't kick you away like people do when you make a mistake. In fact, when you make a mistake, you know what to do? Come here, baby. I got you, now don't do that no more I got you put your arm around your neighbor real quick that's okay, even if you don't know them, that's okay they need a hug they need a hug, it's so cold outside they need two, three of them woke up this morning, the devil was cold he was like, how the hell is coming out here I ain't even coming to harvest today I ain't, even gonna try to, I ain't even gonna try to block somebody for giving their lives to Jesus I ain't even gonna try to block somebody from getting baptized in a few minutes I ain't even blocking." Say it's yes, it's yes. Or, it's no. or it's no. Here's the deal. After you give your life to Jesus, then here's what you need. You need sustained exposure to a life-giving church. Let me just make it clear. clear. Here. Say here. here. Say harvest. Check it out. You shower every day, hopefully. You eat every day, hopefully. If you don't, got food bank. Watch this. You excrete every day. Excrete. What you ate got to come out. What's this? So why would you think you only need Jesus a couple Sundays out the month? You eat to live, you shower to live, you excrete to live, but Jesus is the source of life. So what makes us think we only need him a couple Sundays out of the month when I do those other things every single day? See, I don't know about you, but I found that I need him more and more and more and more and more and more, which means every time the doors of the church open, watch me be in there because I need him some more and some more, and I need some more word, and I need some more worship, and I need some more. Pursuing that high calling starts with returning to God. Jeremiah 15, 18. I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation. Say, high calling. High calling. See, see, the high calling is when you give up your life for his purposes. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. I didn't want to be no pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor two pastors a bishop. I knew the hell you dealt with. So I just like, I'm going to just support somebody else. I ain't interested in that. Because see, see, they say something to me sideways. I'm still working my salvation out. It might be a misunderstanding. Y- y'all gonna look at me like that? Huh? It might be a misunderstanding, and I'd hate to have a misunderstanding all in the middle of the vestibule like that. I really would have to hate to do that. I'm still working mine out. I mean, I mean, you know, just touch your neighbor and say, just be honest, just be honest. Sometimes you speak in tongues, don't need no interpretation. Sometimes you say some words that you... Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Touch your neighbor say, you know what he's talking about. Sometimes you say some words... And I was just like, Lord, look, I, you know, I'm still purging some words. But I had to give up what I wanted to pursue the high calling. I wasn't sent for me. I was sent for you. You weren't sent for you. Look at your role. You were sent for them you were sent for the girl that doesn't feel good enough you were sent for the man that thinks that he doesn't have what it takes to be a man you were sent for that young person that wants to commit suicide you were sent for something bigger than you when you're so focused on you i says here it is i gotta finish jeremiah 15 18 new living translation says this why then does my suffering continue this is jeremiah so who's saying this jeremiah the same guy we just read about who is that you Jeremiah is you. Say it's me. me. Jeremiah, who's a great man of God, he's the weeping prophet though because he's going through this pain cycle. Say pain cycle. cycle. He asked God, he says, why is my pain perpetual? Watch this. All my life. Y'all knew that. Because that's some of y'all's, that's your thing. Baby, I'm ready to fight today. Well, you need to stop looking at that as a negative. You need to start looking at that as a positive. You got strength to fight. Let's go. Which means you got to look at your generational curses and say, let's go. You got to look at your poverty and say, let's go. You got to look at your generational drama and say, let's go. Why then, watch this, is my pain perpetual verse and why is my wound incurable? It refuses to be healed. Jeremiah said, this is the same man that God just finished talking to in chapter one. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Jeremiah says, my stuff, Bishop, though, is so deep. Now, you don't understand, Bishop. I know what you preach to them, but now you don't understand mine. That's what Jeremiah tried to put on God. He was like, my stuff is so bad, it refuses to be healed. You ever had some pain in your life that you like, it just refuse it, it ain't getting no better? It, it's just like, Lord, and my this. Let's be honest. How many of us have had some things where the truth be told is like, we were like, God, I don't even know if I wanted to be healed. Because I kind of like holding a grudge. Makes me feel good. I kind of like being bitter. I, I, I kind of like this because watch this because at least I know what to expect. Watch this. Matter of fact, I don't even want to set myself up to have a good expectation because I'm so used to them not being met. So let me just drop it down here. I'm used to this. It refuses to be healed. I got to finish. Watch this. He says first, he says, he says, will you surely be to me? like an unreliable stream as waters that fail. This is Jeremiah asking God. Leave the verse up. He says, God, are you going to keep being unreliable to me? Any of us ever wondered? Leave the verse up. Any of us ever wonder, God, really? And you know, when you say really, you got to turn the head to the side like, depending on where you're from, you put your feet together like this here and do it like this. God you're unreliable because I keep failing I keep going through pain I keep going through hell and God as far as I'm concerned it's your fault verse 19 it says this therefore thus says the Lord he, he said Jeremiah you don't even understand what the problem is Jeremiah said the problem ain't me Jeremiah the problem is how you've been handling your problems <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that. Jeremiah I ain't the problem okay Look, look at me, church. Look at me. Look at me, church. Look at me. Look at me. Look. Any, any parents in the house? Parents in the house? Watch this. How many times have your kids come to you, talking about you the problem, and you looked at them like, no, that dirty room is the problem. <laughs> y- y'all, y'all ain't going to talk to me. Y'all going to look at me strange like that? How many times have you been, you know, mama, if you would do this, And then some of y'all, you know, you still working your whole Jesus thing out. So you went from mama to the hood real quick and so you like, ho, hold up, hold you forgot that was your child and started thinking that was somebody on the street. Don't y'all look at me like that. Daddy, if you would just whoa One more y'all kids try to stop me. It's gonna be some problems with this family in the lobby. I just want you to know. God says, Jeremiah, I'm done. Verse 19, he says, Jeremiah, the way you've been handling your problems is the problem. So look what the Lord says. If you come back to me, I'm going to bring you back. Bring you back from what? I'm going to bring you from all of the anesthesia you've been trying to resolve these problems with. I'm going to bring you back from debt, bring you back from lack, bring you back from all of these bad issues. I'm going to bring you back. In other words, we can say it like this. I'm going to put you on 10 again. The best of the best. I'm on. I'm going to give you a bounce back. And he says, you're going to stand before me. If you take out the precious from the vial, you shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, but you must not return to them. He was dealing with the people there. Look at me, church. Look, look at me, church. Look, look at me. Look, look, look at me. God says, you've been far from me. You've been far from me because you've been handling your problems the wrong way. And you blame me for it. And God says, but it's not me. It's the way you've been handling it. You've been saying your life doesn't matter. I never said that, God says. God says, you've been letting your circumstances tell you that. God says, it was me that woke you up this morning. It was me that kept that car from hitting you. It was me that kept that cancer from taking you out. It was me that, it was me. It was me. And God says, now you're trying to act like you don't know me? you trying to skip church like you don't know? Not to serve like you don't know, you know me. It was the me that when you had your pace in those pillows and those tears were streaming down your eyes, and you said, I'm just gonna end it right now. It was me that said, No, you shall live and not die. It was me, God says. So here it is. Say my life matters. It's real simple. Today, maybe you're under the sound of
0: my voice. And you... Experiences are what people love the most about travel.